What's up, disc golfers? Joe here with Joe's Disc Golf, and we are getting ready for Throw Down the Mountain. Oh, wait, not anymore. This is the Chess.com Invitational presented by Discraft, sponsored by Joe Mama. Yo, Florida Man is who it's actually sponsored by. Florida Man. This is happening at the Olympus Disc Golf Course. This is the Paul McBeth course that they bought, he bought with. Dylan Cease, the McCease LLC Corporation that just had their lawsuit dismissed like a month or two ago from that Yahoo down there that um, doesn't understand that you can potentially be hurt playing sports and was totally fine until he found out that, you know, two people with a lot of money bought the course. And then he's like, oh, ha ha, lawsuit. I can get money. And then it was thrown out, I believe, with prejudice. So he cannot refile. Anyway... Anyway, 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 we got that going on. That's happening today, Friday. I mean, I'm recording this Thursday night. Waited for the press conference to get done. That was probably a stupid move. I'll be honest. We're going to change this around next time where I will just put out the breakdown and then talk about anything important in a separate video, potentially just waiting for the podcast for any press conference things, unless there's something that's earth-shatteringly crazy that happened. Because the odds of you watching, listening to this before it actually happens, uh, not great. I'm just going to say that there. And that is on me, not you, the awesome, stellar, stupendous, amazing viewer, listener, person there. But this course was built back in 2013, purchased a couple months ago. It was a fantastic idea. Really cool course, used to host Throw Down the Mountain as the Grand Canyon course. Now it is Olympus, as I mentioned. We've got some interesting things happening this weekend in terms of weather. It looks like Friday, today, is going to be pretty awesome, save for the rain. According to theweatherchannel.com, I don't know why they haven't changed it to the weather website, but that's neither here nor there, www.ww.com. Perfect. Rolls right off the tongue. Supposed to be 75 degrees with a 69% nice chance of rain. Mostly coming during the MPO round, although there is a pretty solid chance for the rest of the day. This is Florida, so, you know, rain is almost always in the forecast. Saturday and Sunday, rain isn't actually in the forecast. I mean, there's like a 20% chance of rain, give or take, depending on the day down to five, even a 1% chance, and it will be 67 and 68 degrees Saturday and Sunday, respectively. Sunny, gorgeous, winds eh, 7 to 13 miles an hour. It's going to be fun on Friday, where the wind is supposed to get up to about 20 miles an hour. And in a course like this, that's going to make for some tough, tough play and some really good things to see. On the FPO side of this, we're just going to look at the course here. We've got 18 holes because that's how golf plays. It is a par 68 for the women. This is 9,276 feet, so very long course. Eight par fours, three par fives. A lot of low ceiling tunnel shots, low ceiling, up a hill, low ceiling, down a hill. Stay in the fairway because, you know... Lots of trees. This is the kind of course that uh, with the Spanish creeping moss, if you get off the fairway, you are hosed. 
your only play will be to pitch out, take your medicine, and take your bogey. From looking at any of the pre-coverage for this, and this goes for MPO, FPO, it does not matter. You will have a lot of people taking really big numbers really easily. Looking at what some of the pros have been saying, you know, on the women's side, they're happy. They're going to be happy with just a couple under par. They think that will be a fantastic round, especially on Friday with the wind. On the MPO side, they're thinking like uh, if you can shoot seven, eight, nine down, you're in really good shape. Double digits might be possible on Sunday, not so much Saturday or Friday, uh, mostly because of the wind. That's really the biggest concern right now is the wind. There was a ton of rain, ton, ton, ton of rain. Everybody talked about it during the All-Star weekend. We saw it. It looked awful. It looked absolutely miserable. And yet, Nick Carl and the grounds crew out there has done an amazing job getting the course ready, putting down mulch, putting down chips and hay and everywhere. And the course is very, very playable from what everyone said in the press conference. Now, they are... You know, they're saying the course is very tough, don't get me wrong, but in terms of muddy, sloppy nastiness, the course is in really good shape, all things considered. There are some iffy spots, but they got like a couple inches of rain. The fact that it's playable and not under inches of water is pretty fantastic. The MPO side of this is a par 67, 10,549 feet with nine par fours and one par five. This is going to be an interesting, interesting course. Who should you watch out for? Who are the players that you need to think about? Who should you be paying attention to? Well, obviously, the number one player from last year, Calvin Heimberg. He was the best player. He has great all-around skills. He is just fantastic, and he will always be someone to watch. There's no reason to think he can't go out and do what he did last year again this year. Will he have an average finishing spot of like second place? Probably not, but he will easily be in the top five for the whole year unless something happens to him. Uh, one of the things that uh, we'll get into here at the press conference later is Calvin's not a fan of the distance competition, but call that a tease here in the biz. We'll get back to that. Someone else that I think we should watch out for is Isaac Robinson. Fantastic Woods players. Look at the majors that he got. He got the Champions Cup, which is a very wooded course, and Worlds. Also very wooded out that way. One open, but hey, whatever. The last person to watch is Paul McBeth. Make a beast mode. He won this in 2023. It was an A tier. He was 29 points, rated 29 points higher than the next closest person. On top of that, there are some changes to the course. This is not the usual throw down the mountain course. They have reworked this course and it, it is much, much more difficult. I thought he was not going to be playing quite just yet because I thought he was going to be getting the PRP, the plasma rich platelets stem cell injection into a shoulder to attempt to fix that problem. Uh, he did not talk about it really at all during the press conference. So the fact that he is playing is a little surprising to me on the FPO side, we have to watch out for own Scoggins because while this is a long course, this is a course that requires very specific shots, very specific landing zones. 
while this could be a 450 foot hole, it might require just two 225 shots to get to the corner, land at the corner, and then get around the corner. You could try to go aggressive and try to make the corner and get up there, but most likely you're going to end up in a terrible location. You need to hit the specific landing zone right there, and then you can go on to the green from there, assuming this is par four. You attack the green, you try to go for it, you're probably going to end up in a bad place. Someone I'm going to be a little bullish on now is going to be Haley King. Fantastic player. She has huge potential. And by me picking her right now means that I am digging myself in a hole and probably jinxing her. I'm sorry, Haley King. But c'est la vie. That's what it is. One other person to watch out for after all the announcements in the offseason that the PDGA and DGPT were revising their transgender policy. Natalie Ryan is listed to play in this tournament in the FPO division. I'm merely stating facts here. Don't come at me. Okay, I've already made my position known multiple times over multiple other videos. Natalie Ryan is playing in FPO. That is just a statement of fact. And... Ryan won this as an A-tier in 2023, beating Morgan Linz in a playoff, who I believe is also in this one. But Ryan was also rated 15 points higher than the next closest player, who ended up third, if I remember correctly, off the top of my head. So again, merely stating a fact that Natalie Ryan is playing FPO. That's it. Sorry, I'm just... Hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, the PDGA and DGPT ran out of money when it came down to it. So, a couple things to know about the way this tournament is going to be run. Obviously, we're playing holes 1 through 18. We're not just skipping around all willy-nilly. In the event of a tie, they will not use the option for the new rule of an aggregate playoff. I thought... That would have been awesome. The odds at this course that there would be a tie, I don't think are very high, but you honestly never know. Things could be changed. So what they're going to end up doing is playing sudden death, holes 18, 1, 2, and 8, repeating. If you look at the course map at the caddy guide, you'll see that these holes are pretty much, it's a, it's a nice little easy loop. I would have loved to see them play an aggregate playoff of holes 18, 1, 2, 8, or 18, 1, 2, however many holes you decide. And then from there, with the new rule, it would be if there's still a tie, then it's sudden death after that, and I'm totally cool with that. But I think an aggregate playoff would be a lot more fun. It would make things a lot more strategic in terms of how everybody plays it, but that's just that. One hole that I think could be pretty entertaining to watch and could be the source of some interesting play here, it, in, especially in the FPO division, is hole 18. The tee shot, just to read from the caddy book here, a tee shot that doesn't land in the marked fairway goes to the first drop zone. That's a tee shot. Any shot from a safe fairway or drop zone one that lands OB then goes to drop zone two. 
from their normal OB rules. Looking at the caddy book, this is a 400 and something odd foot hole, par five, nice dog leg right. One play that you could have, depending on how you're feeling, you could throw inbounds from wherever you're at, absolutely just run it to go for the green and just try to, you know, ace runs only, basically throw ins only, try to get for the albatross. You go OB, you go to the drop zone, that's around a 60-footer, at least from the graphic online. I know it's not 100%. And honestly, the tee shot looks like it's about 250-ish, give or take, to get there 300 to get to the actual first landing zone. Again, I don't know if any of this is to scale. I'm going off the caddy book and kind of guesstimating based on that with UDISC maps, so we'll see. We shall see. But what you can do then, if you go OB, you're throwing there, you're throwing for your birdie putt. And then you could either lay up, go for it, and you're going for par after that. Kind of up to you. Pretty easy there. With the men's being a par four, you could do the same, but it's par or a bogey shot. It could be interesting. It, it really could. It depends on how that goes. A few things I thought were interesting from the press conference, though. Jeff Spring said that DGN is solid and a solid product. Also announced that they have integrated the scoring onto the DGPT website. It was supposed to be done later on Thursday at time of recording. That had not been published yet. I had not seen it yet. So TBA, if that is there. If not, there's still PDGA Live with a whole bunch of other fun, cool stats. He also said that there was a higher concurrent player count for the All-Star event than there was the previous year. I think a lot of that was due to people just checking out the DGN app, the new revised everything, and seeing how that was going, and turning it on to see that the weather was really crappy and people were still having some issues. So, hey, you know, whatever. He said that they've addressed the few little bugs, that's a quote, before the chess.com tournament. So we shall see. Friday is going to be, today is going to be interesting in terms of a stress load there. This is one of the free full tournaments you get as the basic option. So I'd recommend sticking with that. Round one is on YouTube. So that's there if you want to watch that completely for free. And otherwise you'll have to be standard or pro to watch. Otherwise pro gets some of that commercial free stuff. I don't know. Jomez will be following basically the story of whoever's winning, not necessarily lead card, but we'll see for sure. Haven't had too many details about that. I did misspeak on the podcast earlier this week. Calvin Heimberg, we talked about him earlier a little bit, said that the distance competitions are big risk with no real reward. He says that there's a huge risk for injury and they're not really representative of the sport. You got to think about it. There is a lot of force and torque going through your body as you're trying to hit those big distances. It is really cool to see. I could see his point, not wanting to risk the injury for something that there was nothing. The winners don't know if they actually got anything, whether that was from the individual stuff or from the teams. It seemed it just it's hard to say what's going on really with that. So, yeah, we'll see how this goes. 
On top of that, we had Paige Pierce and Paul McBath both talk about their respective injuries. Paige and her ankle. She says it's fine. She'll be playing. Her shot selection will be different than it was before. She is not 100% back up to full strength in terms of total body of where she was prior to the injury. Remember, she took a long time off for this recovery for this ankle and had surgery and all that stuff. It was back in July, I believe. So you got August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Holy mackerel, you're looking at seven months. Now, obviously, she wasn't sitting on her duff doing nothing, but she wasn't able to practice like she would have wanted to. So it'll be interesting to see how she plays. Again, Paul says his shoulder will be fine. We'll see how it goes. I'll be curious to see how this is. I'm I'm interested to see how this is going. I wish him the best of luck. I hope everything is okay. But that is kind of the chess.com invitational preview presented by Discraft. So if you guys like this, let me know. If you didn't like it, let me know. Give me a thumbs up. If you liked it, thumbs down. If you didn't. And just any constructive criticism is welcomed here. So thank you all for watching. Can't wait to see you all in the next video. And don't forget, if you get a great tree kick to thank Treesus, and if you get kicked deeper into the woods, well, you need to repent and reflect because you have transgressed against Treesus, and we have a lot of people playing chess.com who probably need to be praising Treesus. Can't wait to see you all next time.